Good evening, America. Welcome to Water Break with Water Boy. Um, our nation's health and all the money that we spend on exercise, it's, it's crazy. And yet, and sometimes we're more unhealthy than ever. Well, I have my wife coming on the show today actually to talk about all this. It should be a fun show for you today. Um, Stand by also, as our app date is still coming, uh, we actually had some problems with Google and Subsplash and some previous uh, entanglements of technology, and our club membership uh, still needs you. Um, but as you, as we wait for you, uh, I hope you enjoy the show, so grab your best scotch, uh, you know, Dr. Pepper, buckle up. First, Olive Tree, biblical uh, Bible software, biblical, biblical Bible software, Discover why more than a million people, including me, use the free Olive Tree Bible app as their go-to reading for studying and listening to God's Word. Download one of the many free Bibles and start taking notes, highlighting verses and bookmarking for favorite passages and actually syncs from from device to device. Read at your own pace or choose from a large selection of reading plans, including the Bible Reading Challenge, which is what our Christ Church uh, kind of put together. When you're ready... Go to dig deeper into your studies. Olive Tree is right there with a large selection of study Bibles, commentaries, and helpful study resources available for purchase. An extensive bookstore allows you to build your digital library one book at a time. Olive Tree's sync technology, like I already mentioned, lets you pick up wherever you left off on your tablet, PC, phone, and get right to studying on another supported device. Now, here's here's the cool part. You can start with the Olive Tree Essentials Bundle for free. So actually, actually get some purchase books for free. Go to olivetree.com forward slash FLF. That is olivetree.com forward slash FLF and download it today. Uh, and if this show airs, I think it should air before. Um, I'm actually going to be traveling to Georgia on Friday of this week. And I'll be preaching in uh, Fort Worth, uh, at Weatherford, Texas on Sunday uh, this week at um, Church of the Triumphant King. And you can just Google their website and in Weatherford, Texas, and uh, find me and hope to see you there. Now, you know, cannonball or belly flop here, okay? The U.S. accounts for almost one-third of the global exercising market. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, the U.S. market will grow by, and this is, you know, kind of the health, fitness, Industry market. I wish I had a graph I could throw up on the screen, but I'm, I, I can't do it today. But the U.S. market will grow by about 5.2% annually over the next five years, which is the fastest growing. Um, you know, it's faster. That's faster than GDP. America's GDP, 3.5% is going to be, uh, you know, if we're lucky to get to 3.5%, probably could even be 2%. But, you know, the health industry, the fitness industry is going to be growing by 5.2% in the next five years. It's really in- insane. The U.S. will account for about 25% of the global market growth during this period. According to Optimed's website, the U.S. The United States features one of the lowest life expectancies of approximately 79 years. So that's the average or the, 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 our average age of death here in the United States. Um, and that kind of puts America at 26% and 26th in ranking um, of life expectancy among other what they call OECD countries. Japan actually leads all the other countries with an average life expectancy of 84 years. According to research, 25 countries have an average life expectancy of at least 80 years. And my teleprompter is jumping, jumping ahead of me. And 18 of the said countries have life expectancies that exceed the typical life expectancy by at least three years. So 79 years and 18 of those countries are about 82 years. And... This is, you know, they exclude, of course, abortion from these stats, of course, and they would they would all change significantly. Uh, now, the the reason why I want to talk about the health industry is because, uh, you know, fitness, health, food. I'm kind of putting it all under a big umbrella, big label. I we spend more money on the health industry than we've ever had before on fitness, on better food, or um, in some cases, not better food, but we have all these health products we have uh this whole industry and and it's it's very i want to say kind of the the baseline problem with the health industry is that it is um full of idolatry it's a very me oriented industry it's a very me oriented you're spending all this money on yourself to help you look better to make you feel better and so forth and so the the industry is just saturated with idolatry and so 
Um, uh, let me catch up here with where I'm at. Uh, we supposedly Americans spend, and, but in all this, so we have we have health, we have fitness, we have food, and then we also spend. This is a crazy stat to me, but I was, as I was researching this, Americans also spend about an average of about 4.5 hours per day on leisure activities. <laughs> and they're probably referring to, and my guess is actually referring to some sort of phone screen time probably for a lot of those hours. So as I said, my thesis on the problem is that America has turned body image into an idol. And, and those idols, they rot, and they rot the worshiper. God gives you over to your lust. They destroy you. You know, uh, Psalm uh, 115 says you become what you worship. And so my operating view on all this is that it's idolatrous. And that's why anything that we think we're even trying to do good ends up not really helping us. It exacerbates problems, makes problems worse, so forth. You want some water? Bree, you don't want, that's noxious. Bree, we get a, no, no. Andy, Andy, some water. Thanks, Bree. Got to hydrate. And so, my, my operating text, my, my first place to start on this is because, you know, we're called to take care of our body. We're called to, to, to um, you know, be good stewards of what God has given us. But I, I always want to start here with the fishing, fishing uh, the, you know, talking about the subject, this health industry, this fitness industry. I want to start with kind of where the Bible puts the emphasis. Uh, and this is from First Timothy uh, verse 4. And I actually want to read kind of. Uh, I think it's verses one through nine, or, 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 or this is the more context to where I want to get to. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heeds to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith, and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself toward godliness. Now listen to this, for bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promised all... Uh, having promise of the life that now is and of which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. So Paul actually kind of lumps in talking about food, talking about bodily exercise, talking about idolatry and all these things. And he, he, you know, part of his conclusion is, you know, godly exercise profits much more than bodily exercise. Now, of course he's not saying don't, you know, don't take care of your body. But, and I kind of joke with my wife that, you know, when we start talking about the dieting world and the, the fitness world and, and all this stuff, there's, there's you know, diet, a, a diet on every corner of the street. There's a, a diets all over the place and there's a, a diet for everything. A diet for no bread, a diet for no meat, a diet for all these things. And, and I kind of joke with my wife that any diet that conflicts with the Lord's Supper, you know, which is wine and bread, um, I already have kind of a problem with from the beginning or I'm suspect from the beginning. But of course, we live in a fallen world and Sin complicates these things. So I'm actually excited to have my wife on with me today on the show. Um, Not only is she a wonderful wife and friend, but she has a serious background and knowledge um, on this topic. And so um, actually, baby, I I figured we'd just take a minute just to kind of talk about your background, uh, your education, you know, kind of how you, um, uh, you know, uh, grew into um uh, you've done a lot of not just not only did you go to university of idaho in sports science but you kind of uh you know, did a lot of self uh growing and studying not growing that sells you know this goes back to the self-help stuff you you did a lot of uh research on your own yeah um i think pan the pandemic really kind of kicked a lot of the research off for you in 2020 um but uh, why don't you talk about you know what you major in and, and kind of some of your health background yeah um so <clears throat> i'm trying to think it's like 15-ish years ago that I graduated from U of I. 2007. <laughs> yeah, someone else will do the math for us. Starting to it's be, about 16 years. It's a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, 16 got, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went to University of Idaho, got a degree in sports science. And honestly, I mean, it was I, I still use it, and that's something, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that I Because I don't it. use my university. I know, I, I know. I feel like I got off a <laughs> yeah. little better than a yeah. lot of people in, in other departments there. But um, I, I took some good classes, some of the upper-level stuff I still use. Um, usually what I say with to people is that a lot of my classes that were more on the exercise front, so like um, biomechanics of exercise, um, you know, 
um, exercise physiology, a lot of those things that I learned still seem as far as I can tell to be true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's right. what I've had to unlearn since then is, um, some things with regards to exercise, but I would say a hundred percent of what I was taught nutritionally speaking, I've had to unlearn Really, and basically. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, at this point, you know, mm -hmm. in my, in my career. So anyways, I, I, I got out of there. I did a lot of group fitness. I, I, um, became a personal trainer. I was a head trainer at a, a gym here locally until just mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And of course you're, you're required to do continuing education. Um, if you're a personal trainer, obviously just to keep your certification. So you do a lot of that. And then I've had to just dig, um, and research a lot of my own, um, as time has gone on, I've just sort of realized that a lot of what I was taught, um, and again, specifically on the nutritional side of things, like think food guide pyramid, things like that, um, just, uh, weren't right. true. It, it, it wasn't bearing out in the science I was looking at, I was looking at as time went on and it wasn't anecdotally working for me and it wasn't working for any of my clients. You know, when yeah. you try to give the advice that you've been taught and everybody just gets fatter and more diabetic, it's kind of like, well, <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I've had to unlearn. And yeah. at this point I just tell people, you know, with regards to what the government tells you, it's just like every day is the opposite day. I well, mean, they, really <laughs> what the just, government tells you. Just, I mean, especially with regards to food, it, be, it's sad, be, but it's true. Because it really is like a, like a health industrial complex. Big time. So when we, Big time. when 2020 yes. happened, I started using the terminology medical industrial complex. Of course, yes. people would use that before me. I didn't make it up, yeah, um, it but really that really applied. helped. Yeah. Help me kind of better articulate, oh, there's a big problem over here mm -hmm. because, you know, um, all our doctors, Christian or not, yeah. they're going yeah. to the public school, the public, you know, college uh, medical programs. Right. They're reading the CDC studies. They're reading all the government studies. And on the health kind of food side of things, you also have this big business farming industrial complex. Yeah, big food. Big yep. food. Yep. Where yep. they're producing studies and saying, hey, our Kellogg's box of cereal is actually healthy for you. What was the, you, yeah. you, you told me um, when we were uh, talking about this a couple of weeks ago that Kellogg had a whole marketing campaign that saying something like, if you eat our box of cereal for, for two weeks, oh, eat a bowl of cereal. Special K. I don't special know if K. some of you ladies well, remember that. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what'd they say? Well, it was like a, it was like a diet plan. It was like, a marketing plan. Oh yeah. That, it was that, brilliant. And yeah. like, and like we all were like, yeah. So if you eat like three bowls of special K cereal for three, Three weeks, you know, you'll lose three bowls a day for three weeks like or something that. like, or, something or like a bowl that. of cereal every day for three, two weeks, you'll I'm, lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll I'm lose dating weight. myself because if you're old enough to remember that, mm -hmm. I guarantee you tried it because you're like, well, I mean, cereal is hard healthy. It has a little red heart on it, you know, and, and it tastes good. Grain. It's got milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I guess shame on us for falling for this stuff, but yeah, yeah no, I mean, a big cereal, General Mills, Post, I mean, they've got, they've got money to make, you know, and yeah. they're all, unfortunately, they're all in bed with each other and so talk, back me up here a little bit talk to me about the food program and the food pyramid because you know um we all grew up believing the food pyramid are you getting your grains are you getting you know mm -hmm. how did that come about and what's the problem with the with the pyramid oh man i mean there's so i mean i you there's a long answer and then there's a really long answer i'll keep it on the short you, side i mean a, long I, one. a lot a lot of it i think i want to i want to just spend my time with you a lot <laughs> I think a lot of, um, with regards to the food guide pyramid, it kind of dates back to like, I want to say the fifties or the sixties. Okay. Um, that's during the time of a really famous researcher who's named Ansel Keys. So if you're in the health, if you're in the health, um, space, you probably hear his name come up a lot because he's really, um, I mean, a lot of things happened all at the same time. One big thing that happened was I think it was president Eisenhower, um, uh, actually had a heart attack in office mm -hmm. and that really scared people because really, you know, until like turn of that century, um, heart disease wasn't even barely a thing uh, and neither well, really was obesity actually. Or did, or did we know it wasn't a thing? We didn't know it was a thing or not. And we discovered, no, I mean like it just was way less prevalent. Uh, I mean it was just way less prevalent and I, I think we can actually know that. And I, like I said, same with obesity, it really is a very newer problem, um, in America. Um, anyways, uh, I think, I think the president having a heart attack really brought a lot of, uh, you know, attention to like, oh my gosh, what causes this? Cause that was a question It's like, what's causing it? Because it was, uh, you know, heart attacks, uh, cardiovascular disease was, was going up quite a bit quickly around then. And so, uh, you know, Ansel Keys kind of, um, for better or for worse, he's kind of, um, is, has been well known historically to be the guy who, who really the question was, okay, either it's saturated fat. That's causing heart disease, right? And and along with that, elevated LDL, which that's obviously we know which side won here because we all have been taught that even to today. Like you want to keep your LDL down, and it's saturated fat that's going to give you a heart attack. Or the other thing was, what is it sugar? 
Um, and uh, one way or another, I think for reasons way more political than scientific, um, his opinion ended up winning out. Um, and it's funny because I actually heard I've heard some reports that he was uh, like kind of a bully, like just one of those people that was like a big guy in the room, super alpha, like super and not really in a nice way, like kind of a conversational bully. But one way or another, he won. Um, uh, even though, um, as far as I've read, he actually did a study a little bit later in his life, actually comparing, um, actually in this case, it wasn't so much sugar, but it was saturated fat versus, um, seed oils, which is what we all eat now. Um, thinking that the saturated fat was going to come along with a lot more cardiovascular disease and it actually didn't, but he didn't sign the results and they buried that study. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Guys, the more you dig, the sadder you get. Um, really, the sadder you get. But anyways, it was right around then. And it wasn't, you know, uh, you know, a couple, you know, years go by. And then the government came out with, um, our, you know, among other things, that food guide pyramid with, you know, uh, probably sponsored by a lot of big cereal, all saying that you need to, you know, what's at the base of that pyramid, you know, processed grains. So, you know, eat your cereal. We're not talking like, you know, we're not talking like eating sweet potatoes here. They're like, eat cereal, eat granola bars, eat, you know, highly processed stuff that a lot of other ingredients that are, uh, we know are really feeding into are it are not yeah. good for you are <laughs> in and everybody bought it and, you know, keep your fat low. And, um, really the fats, um, from that point on that have insidiously replaced saturated fat in people's diets, um, is, uh, these, these PUFAs, polyunsaturated uh-huh. acids, um, like, like your engineered fats or something, just your industrial seed oils. Uh-huh. So oils okay. that are made very cheaply. From uh, seed, so your canola, your mm-hmm. cotton seed. Your now, how do you, how do you, you know, because you know, you know me and my diets, I sure and my do. health habits. <laughs> He's a healthy guy, um, but uh, it's yeah. Thank you, baby. She's not telling the truth. He, he um, mostly eats what I feed him. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give well, him that. Mostly, he, he doesn't complain. And, and this is a salad full of meat. Um. <laughs> now we just we just kind of read you know through First Timothy where where you know said all food is good. What sanctifies the food is giving thanks to the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, the joke I've had between us about Lord's supper, any diet that conflicts with wine and bread is I'm suspect of that diet. Yeah. But at the, um, so how do you kind of balance, like not being persnickety and not being this, you know, diet fad, crazy lady. Um, and also, you know, really striving to enjoy God's food and kind of the fullness thereof. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. And I mean, I think about it all the time, you know, as Christian, you know, I've been in this this industry of health and fitness for a long time now, and it's a it's a terrible industry. I mean, it really mm-hmm. is. It's not very Christian. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. I mean, it's definitely a, an uphill battle, and and there's a lot of issues with it for a lot of different reasons. I mean, you know, I guess I guess in my mind, there's a handful of different things going on, or a, a lot of different things kind of being true at the same time. I mean, one thing I think that we need to consider is, um, I I think. Um, you know, all things are lawful, all food is lawful, but th- I think you can still make the argument that some is going to be better for your health objectively than others. And I think we can all agree with that. I mean, like, you know, broccoli versus a Snickers bar, you know, which one should you eat more of? You know I mean? Like I think Snickers, <laughs> but I mean, uh, so it just in terms of thinking like, what should the majority of your diet be? Um, and, and of course, even that word majority, that's a relative term. And I think some of it is just kind of comes down to the person and the family and what seems to be working for you and you know, uh, all that. And that's fine. Um, I think also you have to look at what um, in America right now, you have to kind of look at what we've done to our food, you know? Uh, and I, yeah, yeah I like we, I, you really can't have this conversation without that because again, if uh, you could probably make a really good argument that if most Americans just moved away from heavily processed, modified food and moved just towards more real food, mm-hmm. the way it just comes out of the ground or out of the animal or whatever, most of our health issues would probably go away. So, you know, some of it is that. And then the last thing I like to talk to people about, um, because again, back to your point, like we're supposed to, you know, we don't want to be persnickety. We don't want to become this person who can only eat no. three things. I mean, I don't really think that's what, I mean, that's not fun. Uh, there's no joy in that. And I don't really think that's what God's calling us to. But um, I think one thing that you need to take into account is that uh, here's one statistic. And actually, I don't even know if this is accurate. Um, I, I was just listening to Ben Bickman, who is an expert on um, insulin resistance. Um, and I think he said upwards of 90% now or close to 90% of Americans right now are insulin resistant. And that's just basically fancy talk for pre-diabetic. So, 90%. Like a really high number. Yeah. Now, how do I believe those stats? Because like the BMI, body mass index, you know, it's like there's there's a number of stats sure. out there that can be used manipulated or kind of sure. like, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's I, fair. Yeah. I mean, part of it is it's just you just need to do a little, the more you under, if you understood what insulin, you know, the, that it's simply just a blood draw and yeah. you're literally just measuring fasted insulin in the serum. It's a really basic draw. It's kind of hard to mess up unless you go into it, not fasted when you're supposed yeah. to be fasted. That's really the only way to mess it up. 
BMI, there's nothing wrong with that metric. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you're just dealing with height and body weight. But then America says you're 40%. Right, right. They're, they're 40% drawing, of Americans are fat they're drawing because BMI. But, yeah. Right, right. And, and of course, it's pretty easy to debunk that, though, because it's not taking into account muscle mass versus fat mass. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty easy. So I got a lot of muscle. Well, I mean, that's exactly who I was thinking of. I was like, his, <laughs> your BMI, they would it's say. It's all upside obese, down. It's whack. It's yeah. muscle. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty easy to debunk. You're right to be skeptical, but I actually think at least my opinion is that the facet insulin is one of the most underrated and like accurate measures of somebody's metabolic health. And the interesting thing about it is that most doctor's offices do not, um, like if you say, Hey, I want a basic metabolic panel. Like a lot of people go in and get that done yearly. They'll look at your facet glucose, maybe your A1C, but they don't ever. I mean, as far as I've ever seen, um, and the people that I've worked with and talked to, you have to specifically ask for it. And facet insulin will be flagged high. will go high years before, your uh, glucose or your A1C. Um, and usually what happens is nobody looks at insulin. You're slowly climbing like a classic American, I would say mostly due to our diets and that like what we just talked about what's in our food. And then by the time your A1C is too high or whatever, it's like, well, you have diabetes now. Here's metformin and, uh, have, and then they have give a nice you medication life. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like not a very preventative way to go. So I really have no, I'm very baffled why we don't, we don't talk about it more. We're not looking at fast and insulin more, but anyways, all that to say, According to Ben Bigman, who um, he's a, he definitely a um, an expert that I trust. Research yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, you come you come up with your people. He's not Fauci. On. Yeah, no, yeah, no. no, I trust him. Yeah. Um, I think he's legit, um, and I think he does good research. And uh, anyways, he's like, yeah, it's like you know, almost ninety percent. So, so all that to say, I think if you were metabolically damaged and really, really unhealthy, then you might need to not feast mm-hmm. on the Doritos and the you know whatever food, yeah. your ice cream, your yeah. whatever, eat bread every night. You, your body just might not be in a place where it can handle that if you want to feel good and you want to heal, right? And I think, though, once you get yourself there, or maybe you never, maybe you are healthy and you never got there, you can afford to feast more. And I think that's fine. So I think some of it is just kind of like, it's it's got to be a little more nuanced than everyone should just be able to eat whatever they want. I mean, obviously they can because it's America, but... Uh-huh. If you want to feel good, if you don't want to get diabetes, if you want to be a you know a grandparent who can actually play with their grandchildren yeah, and pick up their grandchildren, and up, exactly. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm not talking. Yeah. I mean, you can have a conversation about um, what this will do to your body and how you look and whatever. Uh, we can talk about that. But really, for me, I'm in it for like, I, can I? What's going to help me be the best mom? What's going to help me be the best you know uh, employee, the best yeah. you know member of this? Be able to pick up your grandkids. Yeah, or and, think, yeah. and thinking long term. And I would yeah. argue post millennially, you know, like how are we going? Are you even going to be alive? And I mean, American <laughs> American healthcare is really good at keeping you alive, uh-huh. but not in a healthy, right. thriving way That's at right. all. And right. I mean, I don't want that. And that I don't ties think, in the industrial medical complex and how they. They, yeah. they treat the symptom and not yep. the, the yep. root of the issue. Yep. They just yeah. give you that we got a drug for that. Yeah. And then you're a lifelong you know, customer. And not only are you a lifelong customer, but you, it's not like you're living a high quality life. Yeah. You can't go on a hike. You can't go for, you know what I mean? Like, it's not very good. I mean, a lot of the time. So I'll let to say. I, I don't want to go on a hike, though. I know. Gabe hates hiking. That was yeah. a bad example. Hiking. Okay, fine. And camping. Okay, because go snowmobiling. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to insult my forefathers. Oh, my gosh. They make that joke every they, time. They fought and died <laughs> so I could have a mattress. Just, and so if I, I went out and camped like they'd had to. I don't think that's why they, they fought. They would be insulted and dishonored. I don't think they fought that's about how, camping. That's how it works. Right. Yep. Well. Got the studio laughing on that one. The audience knows yeah. that I'm um, right about this. So, but, any, but anyways, yeah, I yeah. think it depends on the person. I think mm-hmm. it depends on the person, and some people yeah. can handle feasting more yeah. than others, and it's kind of up to you um, if you want to take care of your body and you want to feel better. Yeah. What? Um, I want to go back to something, and we'll go forward. Oh. Um, you talked about seed oils, kind of in the industrialization of food. You know, we had the big, um, you know, canning growth of canning food in the four, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, you have uh, big farming kind of come in, and yeah. food in America has exploded. In fact, we mm. feed we feed a lot of the world. I, yeah, I should yeah. have looked up the stats before I got on the show, but um, a, a lot of our food goes out. And so not only can we feed our own selves in America, which is 300 million people, but then we have more than enough food to kick out to other countries. Yep. Um, so in some sense, the industrialization has been good. Um, because we figured out farming in, in a way that no other generation before us has been able to produce the way we've been able to. Um, but it, but also part of the problem is we, we've also kind of uh, manipulated, um, re-engineered everything is more about output than about right. quality. 100%. Yeah, it's a really good way to – that's exactly right. And mm-hmm. you're right. It is kind of a double-edged sword. We, we're able to mass produce now. 
thanks to, you know, genetically modifying things, thanks to even the glyphosate, the special kinds of glyphosate, which basically round up where, you know, designed to kill every single thing except for that particular plant. Um, but it is um, the price you pay there is that these sorts of crops in a lot of ways wreak havoc on our health, both in for some people acutely in the short term. And then I would argue for most people, unless you're just genetically really lucky in the long term. And, and this is why I would say um, you're seeing an increase in obesity, heart disease, diabetes, not just in America, but in a lot of countries. And you can really correlate that they all correlate pretty, pretty dang well, you know. So, I mean, is it better to survive? you know, um, with some lesser health outcomes than not eat at all, probably, you know? So yeah. I, you know, I would never argue like, let's let people starve. I ever, you yeah, know, I right. think there's a lot of, of good conversations that need to be had there. I think that if, um, you know, and it's so hard, it's, it's, it's almost like talking about the public school system and like, it's like, where do you even start? Like, yeah. do you just shut them all down? Like probably not, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like, what do you, where do you even start? You know? But I think if, if we could get back to a place slowly where there is a way more emphasis on smaller farms and people actually learning to grow either themselves or work as small communities to grow and raise their own food, um, you know, and maybe the government could consider not subsidizing only just the, the big these, farms. The big, yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. And the, and the stuff uh -huh. that's the worst for our health, you know, it's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that I think could and should change, yeah. but I agree with you that, um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, with the industrialization of farming, we've been able to bring food costs down and help, you know, even poor countries who can't produce as much food as they need for themselves. Um, but we've also messed with the quality of the food in such a way here in America where it's, um, I mean, th think about it back in, I, mean, I, I don't know. I was born in 1979, but I had no friends in the eighties who had an allergy. I know zero friends. I mean, this is just one of many things. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and of course, you know, some, some people, might might make the correlation between vaccination programs. Some mm. people might make the correlation between genetically modified, you know, um, corn or whatever. Um, but whatever's happened in the last, let's say, forty years, because mm -hmm. um, I'm way older than you, and so um, whatever's whatever's happened in the last forty years, like something's not right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Allergies right. are massively up. Allergies, autoimmune issues, mm -hmm. uh, Hashimoto's in particular. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and again, all the big ones, heart disease going up, mm -hmm. diabetes is going up, obesity mm -hmm. is going up, obesity in children. We're uh -huh. seeing now to the point that they're actually suggesting 60 Minutes just recently did a whole thing on this. So that's um, fake news. So. Uh, well, it is. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, and they're sponsored by all these 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 big, big pharma big and everything. Yeah, yeah. They say 100 are, and like you can look yeah. it up. But you, I've seen it on yeah. on. Yeah, but they that you know their solution now is to actually give kids weekly injectables. Shut up. Yeah, no. I mean, it's crazy. That's a big pharma. It's a solution huge, right it's there. It's a big yeah. pharma problem, wow. like in a big food problem, and then a big pharma solution, and they're all in bed together. So no, something's really really wrong, and. I really would say a lot of this does correlate to, um, again, those us, you know, uh, creating fear of healthy, saturated fat, because I mean, that's the kind of fat that's in real food, eggs, meat, you know, like creating fear around that, which they very successfully did, um, really, really pushing the super, super highly processed grains as a huge part of our diet. And again, I keep saying it, but I think it's that big of a deal, just um, the, the, the prevalence of the industrial seed oils. And I think you can really, really connect those to just um, everybody's health, just tanking over, over the last several decades, which it, it, it truly has. And like you even just said, I think you did in your intro, this is like the, for our generation is, I think the first one in a long time where life expectancy is actually going down, Yeah, yep. which is crazy given um, just the money we have, the, the medical research that we do, you know, I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, I just, you know, don't, Listen to the government. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that be, that's Don't where listen to them. That's where I woke up during the medical industrial complex during COVID. Yeah. And that was true for me in a lot of where, ways. I mean, I already knew some of this stuff, but it was like a whole next level. It's like all the doctors immediately, like when Fauci shuts up, you know, when Fauci says everyone wear a mask, all the doctors are like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, probably, we probably should, you know. There was an amazing And it's like there's compliance. 30 years of studies where it's like, no, this doesn't work for, you know, even, I even had a, uh, there's 30 years. Let me say this first and then I'll get there. There's 30 years of literature saying that masking don't work for the general public. And then I even recently, very recently, you you were close to the conversation. I had a um, conversation with a, with a doctor who 
said, no, masking works for the individual. It just doesn't really work for the greater population. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Well, well, I know. mean, you know, and, and you have to remember that people, you know, doctors wear medical masks for a lot of reasons, like blood splattering, vomit. Yeah. I mean, right. th- things that are bigger uh-huh. that you might th- that might work very nicely to keep those mm-hmm. sorts of things, you know, to help keep the surgical field mm-hmm. clean. So there, there is a place, I think, yeah, yeah, sure. for, you know, N95 surgical masks and stuff. But certainly I think it, mm-hmm. it has been exhaustively yeah. found to be true. That well, and, and they then, don't work in the general public. Right, right. And the, and the point really here, this conversation is like we're we're living in this world where our medical industrial Christian doctors um, are just believing everything they said, they were told, believing all the studies they were told, never challenging them, never testing them, never. I remember me and you talked to our friends. We had some friends down in Texas. We were talking to them when they first had their, um, when they were pregnant, they were going to find, trying to find a doctor. And they went to three different doctors, talk and ask them questions. You know, for, you know, what kind of doctor are you? You know, we, you know, ask them. And one of the questions they asked the same three doctors was, "What do you think about vaccinating kids?" And this is back in early two thousands, I think, when their when their kids were born. Um, yeah. And and the same, all three doctors gave them the same answer and referenced the same study. Right. It was like verbatim, like almost it, verbatim. Like it, yeah. Right. right. And it's like, and they're all different doctors throughout Dallas Fort Worth area. They weren't right. close. You know. I know. And so. No, it's, you, yeah. you have this medical, and this is going to get back to the health industry. You have this medical industrial complex where people are just not testing, not um, just automatically believing. And the information is coming from a godless government and coming exactly. from a godless institutional medical college system, you know, and, yeah. and we aren't testing it. And so now take this back to the health industry. That's largely what's been happening in this kind of industrial uh, health industry complex is we've believed a lot of the studies that's that's been given to us. We've believed that um, big pharma, big farm, big pharma. Big ah, there's, farm. there's, it you works. Know, F-A-R-M-A yeah, and P-H-A-R-M-A. Um, and we've believed the the um, the industrial um, the culture and yeah. narrative yeah. of of what they've what they've kind of passed down to us. I remember I remember asking about the food the the uh, food paradigm. Um, the pyramid. The pyramid. Paradigm. It's also a paradigm. It's a food compass now. They came out with a new one. Okay, because you said that the pyramid should basically be inverted yeah. upside down. In my opinion, you just flip it upside down. That's and what I mean. Largely works. Opposite day. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they got all the like animal products way at the tippy top. You yeah. Know? Just flipper. Uh huh. And then maybe you're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just whatever they tell you to do, do yeah. the opposite. Because because I think that food pyramid um, scheme, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, my mom was a big cereal box buyer. Well, so was mine. They all were. They I all mean, were. And they were honestly, so was mm. mine. And I mean, they were doing, they really thought they were doing. And I like a good fruity family. pebbles. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I know. But, it's a generation uh-huh. of like yep. cereal. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I'll still do Pop-Tart. it. But like, I mean, I don't even have cereal hardly at all anymore. But I just remember that generation cereal yeah. and everyone thought it was healthy. You get the special K or you get the yeah. Wheaties. Yeah. Shredded Wheaties wheat. was healthy. Shredded yeah, wheat. Shredded wheat. Yeah. You know. A hundred percent. And actually they just did come out with a new, they're calling it the food compass, I believe. So it's basically just like a new and improved food guide pyramid. And I mean, but what they did on it, and this just outraged a lot of people. This just happened recently. It outraged a lot of people in the health space where they ranked foods basically healthier to less healthy. And they literally like on a woke scale. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know, but I mean, it's real bad. And they had like some sort of intersectionality woke, like honey nut Cheerios way healthier than eggs. What other cereals way healthier than like beef. No, it's crazy. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. And you just have to look at that and be like, who paid for this to happen? Like, I mean, there's like, it's insanity. Like it's like any, anybody with any like lick of common sense is like, okay, wow. even I know that's not true, you know, but I mean, this is the kind of thing and they turned it out as like, this is, this is the official advice that we're giving you guys. The more Mm -hmm. cereal, the better. And you know, stay away from eggs. It's crazy. And so what's, uh, I think I remember, so my dad got diabetes when he was about 34, 35. Um, You know, uh, his dad had it. It seems to be, there might be an element of maybe some familial, leanings yeah, or in no. that way. Um, but I remember, and, and of course I was young when all this happened, so I don't, I don't remember all the details that well, but I remember immediately them putting them on insulin mm. immediately, you know, medication. And then as, as he would go to the doctor and get his update checks and all that stuff, their solution was always medication. Mm. Always. Um, I don't remember tons of conversation about diet until as he got older and his diabetes got worse. That's where the, the, the dieting conversation started coming in. Um, 
you yeah. know, uh, yes. my, my brother, he, you know, he has high, high blood sugar or high blood pressure yeah. and, and their solution is to throw medication at them immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, you know, you're addressing the symptom to that medication. Right. And instead of getting to the root of the problem, yeah. yep. and uh, which a lot of our, and this is where the medical industrial complex is just so wicked. In, in this whole process, um, I don't know. Now, now I'm kind of no, no, going I, on, but you're bringing what are your up thoughts? really good points. I mean, I agree with everything you're saying, and I deal with that frustration with um, the clients that I work with pretty much every day. That mm. it's a system of, you know, um, dr- just drugs yeah. and what drugs work for, you know, kind of band aid wise on what problems. But I will say this, you know, I think most. I, I mean, I feel like a bag on doctors sometimes, but I mean, I, I think most doctor, like the, you know, kind of doctor that's just like in your hometown. I mean, like they're not trying to hurt you <laughs> no <laughs> you know but like they no but again they believe the medical industrial compact they I haven't know. challenged it they haven't studied You're it right. they're just they're just You're receiving right. what they've been given and we need to we need to, one one way reformation revival happens in cultures like we got to just yeah. change the way we <laughs> we gather information believe it and yeah. disseminate it there you needs know? to be way more skepticism i yeah. just think i think it's hard i think it's hard when you throw you know years and years and years uh, in of your life into you know residency and clinicals and all mm-hmm. that you go through all this you know grueling education and you're all, all government this. driven it totally is <laughs> yeah. you know but you're taught it and you're yep. like well i it should be true yeah, right. you know and then you put you go you get into practice and you start practicing like and, and another thing you got to remember is that i would say gosh what did i just i read a statistic it was like was it 40% of med schools don't even teach? They don't even require a nutrition class? It was some kind of astounding. Yeah, it's, yep. it's, they get very little nutrition. Zero to, to yeah. you know, yeah. to very little nutritional yeah. training. Oh, they should. I yeah. mean, food should be, and you know, diet should be maybe the majority of what they're learning. But that's mm. just not what they're trained in. Right. And a lot of what they're training is in pharmacology. So that's what they're going to go do. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I will also say, I pharmacology, mean, drugs, pharmacology, basically. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what a lot of their training is. So I can't really, yeah. I can't really blame them. I think we have issues from the ground up. I mean, the schools need to change. They need to stop taking money mm-hmm. from big pharma or these bought off research institutions, but right. these schools need money too. They need grants. They need all these things. So it's just a big tangled mess, but I, I agree. I mean, if, if, if COVID didn't cause people in, in the medical industry to become far more critical mm-hmm. of their own education, the own, their own, you know, governing bodies yep. than like, the I don't, gatekeepers I don't, exactly, yeah. I don't know yeah. what will. And, yeah. and uh, there really does need to be a healthy dose of skepticism. Well, sure. and this is, I don't want to talk about this, but this is like one of the reasons like we need to start our own medical schools, our own health and fitness schools, our own, that. our own hospitals. It's like, yep. we got to, we got to like undo all this in significant ways. And the only way to undo that is you got to be, you got to do it yourself. You can't depend yeah. on the government to do that. So, yeah. um, but here, here's on, we yeah. got about, uh, eight minutes left here. Um, and I want to spend the last, you know, um, you, you, um, besides being a mother and raising our kids, you do consulting and, and uh, Mm -hmm. do health, health and fitness consulting. And where do you start? A lady comes, a mom comes to you, you know, 42 years old, done having kids, um, and, uh, overweight, uh, you know, never really exercise in her life. Um, you know, doesn't feel well, doesn't sleep well, whatever, whatever, you know, you know scenario kind of uh, there's a confluence of things kind of that have all surrounded her because she's been taking care of kids focusing on making babies and and, and then right. now she's in a spot where her kids are older and she can maybe make some adjustments in her life where do you start with a, a woman like that yeah well, that's a really good question and that is actually like the majority of the women that i talk to um is they, they're in that place um usually um overweight or weight loss resistant feel terrible, energy's low, headaches, hair's falling out, can't sleep, all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so it's it's rarely like, please help me look good in a bikini. It's usually yeah. like, I feel awful, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh-huh. I felt this way for a long time. And here's the fun part. A lot of times they've gone to their doctor over and over again for their annual whatever. And their doctor is just like, well, your blood work looks fine. And it's just part of getting older. I mean, that's the line that they're fed, wow. you know, regardless uh-huh. of how terrible they look. And don't yeah. even get me started on how people read blood work. Um, that's yeah. a whole other conversation for another yeah. time. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a, um, it's a huge problem. It is for men too, but, um, I, I, and I work with a lot of women and women, um, we're a little more sensitive to stress and stressors and we're a little more hormonally complicated. So there's just a yeah. lot, more, I think a little more potential for problems. Uh-huh. And women are also very, very good at, um, feeling like garbage and yeah. just sort of pushing through life anyways. Uh-huh. And just sort of uh, kind of like you're boiling a, a frog in water. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where you're just kind of like, well, I guess this is just how I feel. Like, I don't remember feeling any different. This is just how it is. I just thought this was how it was. Mm-hmm. And then we're fed that line from our doctors 
you know, and so uh, you just end up buying it. But anyways, um, you know, I really have learned to take a very comprehensive look at people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, I used to just be like, well, here's a good exercise plan for you. Here's some diet tips and then like, go good luck. And I mean, yeah. that would work for some, but yeah. not for a lot. Um, now I look at everything, um, how, you know, what, what kind of stresses um, are in their lives, how they're sleeping. That's a huge one. And then I definitely always look at nutrition first. Mm -hmm. And I find that nutrition is just super, super powerful, either for good or for evil. Um, I kind of wish it wasn't true. I mean, I'm a personal trainer at heart. I love exercise. Like I wish you could just eat whatever you wanted and it didn't matter. And you just go for a run and it's fine. And I mean, when you're really young, sometimes you can sort of get away with that. I mean, you're not really getting away with it. You're kind of getting away despite it, but it mm -hmm. seems like it's working when mm -hmm. you're young, but everybody hits 30 ish. And it stops working. Like either you gain a lot of weight or you, you start to have health problems or, you know, your doctor tells you you're pre-diabetic. Something happens. When you're 20, 25, you can eat almost whatever you want and a lot, a lot exercise time, a little, you know. A yeah. lot of the time you can get yeah. away with a lot. You yeah, can get yeah. away with a lot, lot right. when you're younger. I still don't recommend it because mm -hmm. I still think you're hurting your health mm -hmm. long term and you're setting up habits that are very hard to break. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you can get away with a lot when you're younger, um, but not as much as you get older. So, yeah, I look at nutrition um, immediately. And a lot of times with these women... Um, uh, exercise is awesome. And I recommend, especially strength training. I recommend all women do it. I think they all should be doing it, um, eventually. But a mm -hmm. lot of times if you're sick, you know, if your, your blood sugar is all over the map, if your, um, your adrenals are highly dysfunctional, if you're severely hypothyroid and these are all very, very common. Um, a lot of times women, it's the case when they just don't know it. You're not in a position to add one more. It's not smart to add one more stressor into your life. So uh, beyond just like walking at the start, I usually just address sleep, stressors, and yeah. food. And you can turn things around big time with food. I, I have know. seen a just, if you simply just say, hey, listen, I want you to slowly cut processed food out of your life. And I want you to start eating this many grams of protein every day. Uh -huh. um, I have seen women's autoimmune issues completely disappear. I've oh. seen their hair start growing again. I've yeah. seen them start to be able to sleep at night. Migraine disorders go away. Like it's so powerful. And that's simply just, Hey, replace this food with this food. Yeah. It can be a challenge because processed food is not just everywhere, but it's, it's highly, addictive. it's highly yeah. addictive. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's by design. It's Love me a highly, good McDonald's. I mean, who doesn't, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, what's that? Is it Pringles? It's like, or Doritos. It's like, I bet you can't just eat one. Yeah, they yeah, mean yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and they've got, they've got, they've got scientists. Especially the ranch Doritos. See? Mm. Yeah, he knows. That's, yes, why I don't, sir. that's why I don't buy it very much. And that's why that whole concept of like, um, I know I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going all over here, but it's worth saying that whole concept of like, Hey, just eat all this stuff. Just be moderate is a bad plan mm -hmm. for most people because these foods are designed for you to not be able to moderate. Yeah. It's just by design. And you've seen it. Yeah. Like, I and mean, you even see MSGs and um, they got all these. Oh yeah. All kinds yeah. of things. They call mm -hmm. it a bliss point. Yeah. Um, and all these scientists, they're paid. Point. Yeah. They're paid a lot of money wow. to create foods that have the highest bliss point possible. And you're talking like big, big, big dopamine hit, uh -huh. like, like cocaine level hits with these foods. And so wow. you, and I actually think it's helpful to know that because a lot of women will come to me and they're like, I just can't stop eating this stuff. And I don't know why. And it's like, well, it's cause you're, it's addictive. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, if you're an alcoholic, you get to go to the rehab and mm -hmm. you know, and, and no one says, Hey, just keep drinking, just drink a little less. It's like, you got to stop uh -huh. <laughs> at least for a while yeah. to get your brain, uh, unaddicted to this stuff, yeah. you know, and it is very highly addictive. So anyways, all that to say, we, we look at food. Um, there's so many things. Some women are just, uh, that, you know, the issue is that they've been under eating. They've just chronically dieted, mm -hmm. you know, I mean the nineties, man, that was a big, big diet, hard yeah. diet, like, yeah. Uh, time and yep. so a lot of women and the shakes like, and the oh, oh yeah or just like yeah. uh, the Oprah Winfrey you know it's like just uh, cayenne and lemon water for five days and you <laughs> flush your system body, out you the body of your life I mean it, I mean one way or another a lot of these women's metabolisms are just shot so you actually have to work at um, yeah. getting them to eat more um, yeah. and and like just like I said healing their body you know yeah. um, so anyways nutrition. Uh, stress and sleep are the big three. Um, there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot to look at there, but a lot of this is free and not that complicated. Um, and there's no drug for it and you can't right. monetize it. And I think that's why the government's never going to tell you wow. to do that. Um, wow, and then exercise baby. should come later. Yeah. Exercise should come uh -huh. later. Yeah. So, wow. Um, I, I just want to finish here. Um, got about two minutes left. You know, um, how do you, I, uh, one of the things I've, I've appreciated about you and kind of your advice towards women is generally that you've you work with them you help them kind of you know maybe flip their pyramid in their life in some sense right you Hashtag, know? Yeah. yeah flip your pyramid <laughs> and um but at the same time and this is something that we've kind of practiced in our family life is that kind of like on on sabbath you know we don't really monitor we don't really yeah think feast. about it we, we, just, we feast you yeah. know so so it's like you know work hard monday through saturday and then you know take a day off and that can include your diet too and yeah. and it also i think gives you 
um, a better sense of what you're doing in your diet instead of constantly guilt tripping yourself. And you're like, yes. no, I'm, I'm working hard here and then I'm going to take the day off, you know, totally. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so much there. I mean, you can, <laughs> there's so many different ways to look at it, but, and, and I mean, in the health space, you, um, you hear words like, okay, well, it's not healthy to deprive yourself because then you'll just binge later. You know, they'll, they'll talk about mm -hmm. it that way or they'll say, okay, well, you, you don't want to have an unhealthy relationship with food. And I mean, I do agree with that, but those are the kinds of more secular ways you'll yeah. hear about it. Um, you'll hear people talk about it and, and there's truth to it, but I think it's funny because I think a lot of people who are kind of more just secular, they're not, they're not looking at health and nutrition through a Christian lens. They're still stumbling to the same conclusion uh -huh. because I think it's just built into us that, yeah. that we need to um, fast sometimes mm -hmm. and then, so, and then we need to feast. And yeah. I, I even yeah. have found like uh, there's one guy who's pretty big, um, pretty big name, Dr. Stephen Gundry. It's really funny. He's real big in the intermittent mm -hmm. uh, fasting space. He's done a lot of good work. He's helped a lot of people, but even he, and I, he, I don't, he never mentions the Bible. I don't think he's coming from a biblical standpoint, but even he has all of his people do their intermittent fasting throughout the week and he has them take the weekend off. And he does it simply because he's found that they're, they're more successful that way. Yeah, They actually have more yeah. success because they, they get that break. They get that feast. They yeah. get that Sabbath. That's what I yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So I just think it's really funny that I think we're made in God's image, whether people decide to recognize it or not. And we all no. need... Um, you know, I mean, as most Americans, we probably could all um, err on the side of fasting a little more. And you, when I say fast, <laughs> yeah. you could actually fast or you could just maybe stop eating Doritos all the time. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Fasting just, from one specific yeah, thing yeah, or maybe whatever. Yeah. Fast from the yeah. ice cream a little bit. You yeah. know, if you're unhealthy or you need one. it, what? it's yeah. hard. I know. Maybe yeah. don't have that every day. But then we also do just as importantly need to feast. And I think that's spiritually true. I think it's mentally and emotionally true. And yep. even physiologically, it's true because if you restrict too long, um, that sends signals to your body that you are in a time of famine, that yeah. you're in a time of stress and you, you know, that's when thyroids tank. That's when hair starts to fall out. That's when metabolism is downregulated. Right. So really for all the reasons, you know, that I just mentioned, you really do need to incorporate some feasting. And then yeah. how often you do it really depends on, you know, what your goals are, where you're at, yeah. if you're already healthy or if you need to heal, you know, if you're in a place where you really do need to, you know, make some strides in your health, you're going to need to feast a little less, yeah. but I still think you need to do it. Yeah. And you know, it, it just depends on the person. That's, that's really, really good, babe. Um, uh, thank you mm -hmm. so much for coming on my show. I you're welcome. I've never had we've never done this before. And I've never done a show before. I like doing a show with you. I like it. We should we should you do you, do you? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we should do this more often. Maybe next time with wine or something. Yeah, yeah, be good. I would do um, that. I do want to I do want to finish finish here. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the tensions here is that we stop giving thanks for food. Um, that was our our text in first first Timothy. You know, we need to take it, receive everything from the Lord. First Timothy chapter four, receive our food from from God, and and give thanks for it, and put put food in the right category in your in your life as opposed to some sort of idolatrous place or or health. And of course, we talked more about food than actual exercise here and, and health. But yeah, like all that, the health, the fitness, the working out. Um, the body image, the desire for all the self-help stuff that comes in, that's all idolatry. It's wrapped up. And, and if, uh, you know, one of the ways I'd, you know, if someone came to me and started, you know, dealing with, dealing with this, this problem, I'd first start maybe giving thanks. So you guys getting, is my room next door? We're getting ready. Okay. Thanks. Um, is, is first actually start giving thanks for, for the food in front of you and not just some passive prayer that you say, you know, genuinely give thanks for it. And, and start with getting your attitude right with the Lord on on what's going on in your life. Yeah. Um. So 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 give thanks for it. Yeah. And and then you you have this um, you know don't don't fall into like this guilt trip mentality with your food with your exercise. Um. But do it all out of thanksgiving and all out of um gratefulness to God. Yes. Um. You know when you're working out for you know self body image you're you're turning that into an idol as opposed to working out eating food in the right way, creating the right diets, and you're giving thanks in, in such a way where where um, that's what God has called you to do. You're actually starting with obedience. You want right. to start with obedience in all this and not start with um, some sort of physical external fix. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously yeah. a lot of spiritual problems have come, you know, you know, um, at, half the time you're you're some sort of spiritual counselor and then you get into food and then you get into sleep and then you get <laughs> it's into very connected. it's very connected I mean, very, yeah, yeah. And, and all this so start with giving thanks to God and 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 all this and then you know find someone like my wife someone you know in your in your community that you can trust that can help you kind of um, sort through maybe some practical solutions that you right. can start implementing in your life and all this stuff so yeah any, any closing thoughts baby no I mean I think that's was, that's was a really good thought and that that you know 
I've been just doing this for so long. And I will say that um, vanity alone, um, it, it, which really just the, the only motivator behind that is just going to be your willpower. Mm -hmm. um, it not only is that, you know, arguably not a great reason to be pursuing your health and fitness, but also it just doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people who are really, they're just willing to really white knuckle it and just starve yeah. themselves and be like, I won't eat the pop tarts. You know, uh -huh. I will run farther. I mean, they'll last maybe a little longer than someone else, but yeah. it, it never really works long-term. Yeah. And I think, uh, so you really need a better reason, a bigger reason, arguably one that's, um, you know, seen through the lens of, you know, how God created us and what God has put us on this earth to in your do. family life and, and who you are yeah. as a husband and wife. And, and where all, yeah. well, uh -huh. actually you putting good nourishing food in your body is going to allow you to take better care and a better effect and impact the people around you. That's a far better motivator yeah. <laughs> than, and a more long lasting, sustainable motivator. Um, and, a, and just a better reason mm -hmm. I would say to just take care of your body. So I think that's really great. And I love the idea of, looking at food, even if you do need to make some swaps and make some changes, a lot of us do, and that's yeah. fine, but whatever you land on, um, just look at it as, as a positive thing, like something that is that you're thankful to God for, because it's going to, it's going to serve your body. It's going to nourish your body and allow your body to do all the amazing things that, that God has designed it to yeah. do, as opposed to like, uh, yeah. the enemy or something that, you know, something yeah. that you're kind of you're fighting against, you're working against. Yeah. exactly. No, I think you're right. I yeah. think the mindset is a big deal. Yeah. Thank you, baby. Yeah, Thanks for welcome. coming on. Well, this is great. Uh, I hope this show was helpful. Um, you know, maybe I, there's a lot more in this conversation. Me and Annie have yeah. actually had this for, I don't know, for years. Um, and there's a lot more in this conversation. Um, but I hope it hope, hope it's helpful to you guys. And so um, this is the uh, Water Break with Water Boy. So until next time, go fight, laugh, and feast. It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger.